Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through View 599. Today we're going to take a look at Skyward. Now this is a new game coming out right about now around Gen Con from Passport Game Studios. This is an interesting game. It has the kind of I divide and you choose mechanic that we've seen in some games. So if you think of Piece of Cake or New York Slice where somebody takes a deal of cards or tiles, in this case it's cards, you deal them out, one player will separate them into piles equal to the number of players. Now they can make those piles as big and as worthless or as valuable as they want and then everybody else gets a chance around the table to choose those piles and then the person that created all the piles gets to choose last. And in this case, you're going to end up with a hand of cards. So the cards that you get out of those piles are actually going to persist over possibly many, many turns. And the objective is to build these different buildings in this kind of, uh, kind of an animal sort of steampunky thing. It's, it's kind of a cool, quirky theme. But let's go ahead and jump into the mechanics and then I'll tell you what I think. Okay, here is everything that you get in the game. Now. These two stacks of cards are sort of like mini expansions or modules, which I will talk about. I just wanted to show you that. And the main game is just going to use this little board here with this deck of cards. And then you have these cogs, which I'll explain. And then also this warden token. Now the warden token is going to go randomly to somebody uh, to start the game and then be passed around in an interesting manner during the game. So what are you going to do? Well, you can see here, you're going to deal out four cards per player. Now the game plays two to four players, but the rules say that you could try it with five and we have. Now what players are going to do is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Pretend we're doing a two player game. So whoever has the warden token is going to take four cards per player and then they're going to separate these into two piles, one for each player. So I went ahead and just dealt out four more just so I can kind of show you uh, kind of the different cards in the game. So here I've got enough cards for a three player game. And this part is going to take a little bit of time, uh, especially if you play with five, uh, but especially like your first game or two. Now there are three types of cards. We can look at some of these here, these airships, and then here we have a rocket cat and a pigeon. And you can see at the bottom of these cards here, these little lightning bolts. So these are instant cards. So that's one type of card. And when players collect those, they'll immediately just play them right in front of them and they'll do something maybe good or bad. And then we have here these faction cards. These are just different characters that you can get. And you can see there's that gal there, a little robot, and that kind of a dual robot there. And the thing to note here is in the upper right, it's going to provide you kind of like a resource. So this is going to give you the blue resources and the yellow and the green and so on. So you might have some of these. And then finally, you might have some of these buildings here. And the buildings you can see because they have this cost here in the upper left. So this will cost you two blue resources. And this little icon means any resource. So if I wanted to build this, I would maybe need these two blue cards and then I could use any other resource I wanted. Now, however, you can also get these cogs and these can be used to pay for any of them, whether it's the wild resource or the specific one. So you can get those and pay for those. And like this airship bay here, just as an example building, you can see it takes any two resources. It's going to be worth three points at the end of the game. And then you're gonna have different icons here at the bottom of the building. So then these little tents here, that means when you build it or launch the building, then this will happen. So this will say, take an airship from an opponent's airspace. And you can see these airships there. Uh, and then like this one here has got the little flag and that just means you're gonna look at that when you score at the end of the game. It's gonna be worth five points anyway. 
but it's gonna be plus four points if you have a landing pad, which is another blue building, also in your airspace. So let's just divide this up sort of randomly into three piles. And they do, the way that they sort of designed the cards makes it very easy to kind of stack these up so you can see, you know, what does what here. So you can kind of angle them like that if you can see that there. So you can see the costs, the name, and then the abilities on the bottoms and so on like that. So you can get a good idea so players can see from somewhat distance that they want to be able to view all that stuff. And then finally, you're gonna place the warden token on a stack there, let's just put that one. And then starting to your left, if you were the warden, players are gonna start taking the piles and then you're gonna end up with the last pile. Now whoever takes the warden token will be separating the piles on the next turn, but because of that pressure and extra time and thought they're gonna, gonna go into separating the piles, they're also going to get a free cog, which is really cool and very useful. So once players do that, then immediately they're gonna take any of their instant cards, like I said, and play them in front of you. Like for example here, this is not a good one. These pigeons are going to wreak havoc with your Sky City. They're gonna be worth minus two points at the end of the game, so you maybe don't wanna take that, but each pigeon in your airspace is worth one point instead if you also have built the Rookery, which is a special green building. So that's not so bad. And then like these airships here, these are worth two points, but they're worth three if you were able to build that airship bay here, which I showed you before. So one would not typically put the airship and the airship bay in the same pile because that would just be giving somebody some free points and some free engine-y stuff. And so after everybody's done that, you're gonna play all the instants right away. And then starting with the new uh, warden, then you have the chance to build one building or launch one building. So if I wanted to, I could maybe launch uh, this jump gate here, or and then Billy would go and launch the airship bay and so on. Everybody can do one building. There is a building that you can build that allows you to break that roll. It's very expensive to build that. And then after everybody's built a building, usually you can do it simultaneously. Now, the only card that's really gonna come into play is this jump gate. And it says an opponent must choose a building in their airspace and swap it with the jump gate. So I just wanna kinda of give everybody a heads up on that because you can see the jump gate's worth three points. So you, these are gonna come out. So you might want to build a lower point cost or just like a three point cost. So it's not really so worth it for the person to build the jump gate because you know they're not trading it for a three and a six or you know that points. Uh, because they choose the opponent but they don't choose the building they get back. So just be aware of that. Uh, and that's the only one that's really gonna matter in terms of turn order. So after everybody's built one building, and then you're gonna have some cards left over from your hand, you can take a set of any three cards and then discard them after everybody's built, and then you can get a cog. Now if you had six cards, for example, you could discard two sets of three, and you could get two cogs. Regardless, if you do that or don't, you have to discard down to six cards at the end of your turn, so you have some cards moving forward. Uh, and that's the game. You're gonna play until somebody has built their sixth building, and that's gonna be the last round. Everybody has a chance to build that round. And then you just add up all the points that you've got here. Uh, the tiebreaker is gonna be number of buildings, so it could, could be feasible that somebody built five buildings and somebody built six, but they have the same number of points because you know some buildings are more expensive and worth more. Then that case will be the tiebreaker, and then if there's still a tie, it's gonna be 
the most cogs that breaks the tie. Now, I did mention I would talk about the expansion. Let's talk about the first one here. Now these you'll shuffle in, you'll take six of these. There's 12 different ones. Uh, it does give you variants. You could put all 12 in if you really wanted to. Uh, we've only played with the, kind of the basic rules. So you're gonna look at all the buildings in your display and you're gonna see this card here. So this one says if you have four of these kind of yellow symbols here in your display, then you can play this card. You get seven points at the end of the game if you still have the four symbols, because like you see, you can get a building taken away from you maybe. Uh, and then when you play it, you get a cog. And there's different ones here you know, for the different buildings, like this one is three pinks and two blues, and you get seven points. And then some of these here, this one, is based on the number of cogs you have, uh, and this one will give you 10 points. Now those are kind of interesting because they're going to kind of make people go different directions and you know build maybe certain types of buildings over others. And then you have these discord cards and you can shuffle these in in many different ways. Uh, we just use the basic way. And these are instants, you can see by the little symbol there. These are good, but then they're also really bad. So as you get these, you play these and they're going to do something cool for you. Your opponents cannot launch any buildings this round unless they pay basically any resource. So it increases the cost of all the buildings for everybody else by one generic resource. Or this one here, the claw. It says choose a building in the discard pile, put it in your hand. That's all good, it's awesome. And then we have these Cassius Cassius here. Excuse me, Cassius. Crassus Cassius. <laughs> anyway, when you build this, you can see there's five of them. You get a cog for each of these caches you have. So you build one, you get one. When you build your second one, you'll get two. Now, you're like, oh cool, I'm gonna grab those all the time and get a bunch of those. But, at the end of the game, whoever has the most discord cards in front of them loses four points at the end of the game. So I really like these, uh, to add these to the game. This is a really, really cool thing to do. And frankly, I like both of them. And I would say, for your first play, don't use either of these. Because it's just gonna take folks a play to get through all the cards in all the kind of different combos and things. And it's gonna take enough time anyway to kind of, you know, build out the stacks. But then maybe if you play it, I don't know, once or twice, then you can add in maybe one of these or both of these or just add one and then next time add the other. Okay, so that is Skyward. Now I did kind of mention at, at the end of the, the walkthrough to add in these expansions. But let me just kind of review the base game first. And I think that having played kind of with both, I could still see myself going back to the base game because it's something that is very interesting that happens with this game. Is you will get sort of a deal of cards, you make the different piles, blah, blah, blah. But you might get a deal where there's like not any resources. So a lot of times in that first round, especially if you know the person that's the warden that's separating everything is on the ball, they will make it so nobody can build a single building in the first round. That happens quite often. Uh, and that kind of just depends on the deal of the cards though. But you're gonna have frequently rounds where maybe you get just buildings and sometimes you get a bunch of resources. <laughs> and then you have, you know, so that's gonna kind of shake out. Now, as a couple rounds go by and that deck dwindles and more cards come out, people are gonna be able to build and the combos start to come. But as you do that, then you start to uh, fill up that discard pile. And once you run out of the pile, you shuffle the discard pile back into the draw deck and keep going. So now, there's a lot more resources in there. So that second half of the game, if you've kind of built your engine right, you should be in good shape to really sort of torpedo and shoot to that end of the game because you've got some cards that you've been holding in your hand and then now the resources are out and there's no way people 
probably remembered like what buildings and or resources you had in your card from like two, uh, you know, two turns ago. So that's a very kind of interesting sort of arc that the game takes where you kind of like, eh, I don't know, I can't build anything, this is dumb, da da da, discard these cards, get a cog. But you might hold on to a building for a couple of turns and then kind of land it out because some of them are going to be like, hey, if you have three green buildings, then you know, bam, you get a ton of points. Or, you know, there's this little combos like that where you want to, you're not sure if you're gonna be able to do them. So there's a real interesting decision about, okay, I know I'm, I have no chance of doing this now, but when it comes to the end of the game, you know, I'm gonna have more stuff out, I'm gonna, and then that second half of the game is gonna have way more resources, so it's gonna be easier to pay, I'll probably have some more cogs by then. So there's a good kind of hand management that really persists over all of those different rounds. So that by itself, that's just the base game. That's super crunchy and really fun to do. And then once you start adding in like these Discord cards that do really cool stuff for you, they kind of break the rules a little bit, but then there's sort of a, this weird tension between, hey, uh, okay, you've got three Discord cards, so I'm, I don't feel so bad about taking this pile, you know, and then you, you gotta be careful. But then I've seen where players just like commit and they take all the Discord cards and they just go, they kind of build into their score, I'm at negative four, and then they're like, screw it. I'm already way ahead of you guys. I'm taking all the Discord cards. You guys are afraid to take them. And then they run with that strategy. So that's a really cool kind of dynamic uh, that can arise out of the game. And then you add in these kind of special, special bonuses, you know, like if you get so many buildings, you get extra points. And that's just interesting to add. And these are the type of cards, again, that you hold throughout the game and try to, you know, sort of base your choices onto that. So the game does take some time. Like I said, we played it with five. I do not recommend it with five. And it's actually this interesting thing because they could have put two to five players on the box, but they didn't. They put two to four and then inside the rule book, they said, you know what? If you want to try it with five, you go ahead. It's going to take a little bit longer. And I like that because you're not buying this game going, oh, it plays two to five players. Great. We have a group of five people. We'll play this all the time. Yeah. You don't want to play this with five players. Nobody will like the game. <laughs> now, the rules also state that if everybody's played, yeah, go ahead and try it with five. Because after everybody kind of knows the cards, then that's really gonna reduce the downtime anyway, and five's just gonna take a while. So I would say this is probably perfect at the three player count. Two player, nah, it's just not enough happening. There's not enough real choices. You just, you know, it's kind of onesie, twosie, push and pull between you and your opponent. With three, then you kind of mix it in and it's too much to keep track of anyway. So you still have to kind of make your best guess. Four still goes a little bit long, but I would certainly still play with four. And then obviously five's kind of an extra. So it's a good three, it's like perfect for three. I love it with three players. Four is kind of starting to go a little bit long, um, especially when you start to add in like the expansions and stuff. It just seems like it's, I just seen a lot of AP happen. And I just could, that could just be kind of my group, which this, I played this at lunch at work. Not typically a lot of AP there, but for some reason this one kind of triggered a lot of that. Uh, so just keep that in mind. If your group's not super AP, then, then maybe four and even five player won't be that big a deal. Uh, but all in all, I really like the game. It's really kind of interesting because like I mentioned with Piece of Cake and New York Slice, I like those kind of I divide, you take it stuff. But this is cool because it has like choices that sort of prolong itself over the course of the game. You can kind of build a long-term strategy. It's not just such like that immediate, you know, okay, is this the, you know, and let me count up all the points and figure out what to get. And this is the best point because it's gonna screw Billy out of two and give me five. And you know, those games, I like those games, but they get kind of mathy and annoying sometimes. Um, 
The thing I do like about those games is they have sort of this weird crutch that you have during your pile making because like in Piece of Cake in New York Slice you have this pie that you can only separate in a certain way. This thing you can separate however you want, which that's why it adds so much AP because you just use so many different ways you can organize the piles. But I think to kind of counteract that part of it, you have that kind of long-term strategy stuff that keeps you interested um, during the course of that. And you're really kind of thinking, you're like, what am I gonna do with these cards? Okay, well, he's got this stuff out there. So it does keep you engaged. So it's a very, very different kind of thing. I like that I divide you choose, but then kind of, it's, to me, it's a very unique, innovative way of doing that, you know, with the kind of card play and building up your tableau of combos and stuff. So very interesting. I think you should definitely at least check it out. Thanks.